Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project. I started this project during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author and anthropologist, to record the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, or the Schomburg, or the Library of Congress's Folklife Museum. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then I'll speak to my guests. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were enslaved in Georgia. In fact, we still have our family's slave name, which is Kilbrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Kilbrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in New York when they were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. And I'm a fourth generation teacher. So my mother is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher on the island of Jamaica for 20 years and then in New York for 20 years. My great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a married woman to continue working in the late 1800s. And ironically, my mother began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. So without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. Um, my name is Marilyn Wilson. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I was born and raised here in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, and do you <laughs> identify as Black or African-American or how do you identify? I definitely identify as Black and not African-American. Mm -hmm. And what would you like to share about your ancestry? Well, you know, the, it, it is a long lineage that I, uh, some of it I don't know because my family was just so, um, the word I want to use is closed mouth about a lot of things in our family. All I know, there is a lineage of um, Native American in our family. Um, and the Native American side uh, is coming from Oklahoma. So not clear yet of what the, the tribe is on that side. Um, my mother told me Choctaw and then my grandmother says Cherokee. Uh, but of course, there, there, there is a tribe in Africa that we not yet know about. You know, my niece is trying to um, do a, um, a search mm -hmm. and trying to investigate what tribe we are actually from. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. 
Thank you. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here to share with us today your mm -hmm. experience about living or working during the pandemic. And I just asked um, if you could start in 2020 and just go through to present day. So <laughs> first of all, I want to acknowledge that this is something I've never, ever experienced in my life, you know. And it was, it's funny, you, you're asking these questions because I'm still asking questions about it. Um, when 2020, the beginning of the pandemic came, um, as I recall, I left work, which my, my boss thought that we were just gonna be out a couple of weeks. I'm sure that a lot of people thought that as well. And I remember the date so clearly, March the 13th is mm -hmm. when he said, we need to pack up our stuff, you know, enough to work from home at least for a couple of weeks and you'll hear back from me. I was working at the university at the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, just the unknown itself, not living through this ever in your life, it's like, what is gonna happen? I mean, if you don't see something, we always have to visualize something. Mm -hmm. and. I, if I didn't know actually what was going on, I'm like, okay, this is a hoax, like everybody else was saying. Mm -hmm. But the devastation of how many people was infected and passing away, there was so much emotions for me. Um, there was fear. There was, you know, uh, I'm glad that a family member was not here that was very, very sick, like shortly before the pandemic and they passed away. What would we have done if they were in the pandemic and they weren't able to get to their necessary treatments? Mm -hmm. um, I was married at the time and that's the emotional, other emotional side of things. There was sadness, there was happiness, that was, I didn't know what to do at the time there was discord in my marriage at the time. It was, it was just growing up and I didn't know what to do. And I just turned and looked at my husband and said, get out. So I, I believe it was part of the pandemic because of the emotions of not knowing, okay, we're all trapped in one space. I don't know how to live in one space isolated. So you're always in the hustle and bustle and doing things in your life. You never think about these feelings you had to deal with, mm -hmm. dealing with loved ones, um, not being able to see them, uh, dealing with the, all the media, all the stuff that was saying on the media and wondering, oh my God, if I go out, will it happen to me? Mm -hmm. You know, so the beginning of the pandemic was very scary for me, very, very mm -hmm. scary for me. Um, as far as knowing people impacted by personally, I knew people that were impacted, but, you know, by the grace of God, they were able to recover. Mm -hmm. Very close people to me. Uh, as far as colleagues, yes, I, I did know colleagues that did pass away at the time of the pandemic. And that's when the fear even heightened even more, like, oh my God, 
You know, they have got to be the most careful people and healthiest people I've ever seen. And something like this just come in and wipe them away. So the pandemic was an up and down emotional thing for me, more of the unknown. Today, still being in the pandemic with me still being able to get out, well, me get, being able to get out and get around and work and stuff like that, it's gotten better emotionally, but there's still an unknown. Wow. Yeah. Because I can imagine, you said you're in St. Louis? Yes. So are there, because in New York, we hear sirens everywhere because we're all so close together. But in St. Louis, are you more spread out? St. Louis, people would like to relate to St. Louis as a small country town, but really we're not as small and country as people think, but we are small enough where you can't get by without getting to know somebody or knowing someone. I live in the metropolitan, the city area they call Central West End. And I am so very close to the hospitals. Mm. So I wouldn't know what to do to live out in a country or in a county area where you don't get exposed to those sounds and all the happenings of the city living. Uh, but I hear sirens and stuff all the time. It's music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, right? That's how I feel about it in New York. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So are you back to working in person now? I've been back in person since March. So oh. it was the, the, the way that we transitioned back in person. Like, like I said to you, it's Sonja, right? Uh, Sonia. Yeah. Sonia. Okay. So the way we transitioned back in person was so quick. I started yeah. a new job. Oh, uh, congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the new job came September of last year. I was working mm -hmm. for one of the largest universities here in St. Louis before, which I absolutely loved working there, but it was, it was time for me to test other waters of mm -hmm. my skill set. So uh, I thought, well, okay, I'm in a, in a higher level, senior level position now. Um, it's taxing because we're still in the pandemic, so to say. We have um, opened our doors for um, um, in-person programs programming. Oh. And it's still, I mean, I enjoy seeing the people, but you still have that what if, you oh. know, in the back of your mind. But yeah, I've been in person since March. And the funniest thing about it, when we been back in person, we were moving at the same time to another office. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you, and you can imagine. Yeah, you can imagine how that was. We were still in the crust of the pandemic. Um, January, that's when the numbers were going up from um, uh, the Delta virus. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are trying to scour with boxes and trying to pack up stuff in the midst of everything. So of course, that what if. <laughs> like came up in my head again I'm like 
you know, I am so tired of living and skating in this stress right now. You know, what, what can I do? And what is my power? What keeps me going is prayer. Mm. Having God mm. always in my life with everything that's going on. Mm. So this pandemic, I always tell people, I said, it is a blessing actually in disguise. It slowed us down. Mm -hmm. Let's actually take a look at ourselves, uh, take a look at our surroundings. Um, you know, we got an opportunity to evaluate a lot of things in our lives. You know, with the, with the great resonation, I, I equate that to the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. because people didn't sit down enough to say, is this where I really should be? How important is family? Family is extremely important to me. Right. Extremely important. To have that work-life balance is extremely important to me. Uh, some people, unfortunately, still don't get it. So that's why you're seeing a lot of shifts. You know, I'm still open for another shift because I don't feel that balance quite yet. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I get that balance, I, I will probably just say, Phew. you know. I'm glad you mentioned the great resignation. You're right. A lot of people either didn't want to go back to work in person or were just looking for more fulfilling work, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I noticed even more, you know, equating everything to the pandemic is people actually showing their real feelings in terms of um, diversity, diversity and inclusion. I've seen more and more now uh, people expressing themselves even more now. Um, the word diversity is so broad, but you know, I'm using it just because of this platform right now. Um, what I really wanna use is racism institutionalized racism, mm. systemic racism. Those are the things that we're encountering even more now. Unfortunately, some companies still don't get it. They don't get it. And um, which is so disheartening to me. Um, I, my company that I work for now don't get it. Mm. So, it forces us to really even do more of this work. It, I, I enjoy in the plight in my direction I want to go in is more health equity because our people have already suffered, you know, and, you know, disproportionately, period, before the, the pandemic. I'm equating everything to the pandemic because everything seems like it's coming out more. It's showing a little bit more. Uh, and even before, shortly before that with our last administration. Mm -hmm. So it, it allows people, allow people to have more of a voice then, and I don't mean our people. Now we're beginning to, we're beginning to speak out a little bit more, but it's the comfort level there. So this is where I am right, right in my life right now, you know, I had to, get to the point, this point in my life, the age in my life to understand what is most important to me. And equality is, has always been important, but knowing it was not really there. 
So this is the kind of work that I really want to get into. And it had to take the pandemic to really show me where I should be, where my, you know, my missionary should be. Oh, so are you working in diversity, equity, and inclusion? No, ma'am. That's where I want to be. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's so good to yeah. hear. Yeah. yeah. And I'll mention that I found you on LinkedIn. You're, yes. you're a social worker, I think. My uh, Yes, my background, I have a master's in social work. I have worked in uh, public health and health for more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. My current position is um, I'm a program director for a nonprofit organization now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I came across your profile and you seemed approachable. I'm yes. new to interviewing people, so I thought you seemed like you'd be open to talking. Yeah, I, I pretty much uh, am. Sometimes you might have to stop me. <laughs> if there's something great. I'm passionate about, um, I can talk for a very long time about it. And I'm passionate about definitely social work, social impact, social justice. I'm just getting into the social justice piece because there, there wasn't a comfort level there before, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you work for organizations that you're like, okay, if I say these things or if I do these things, how would it impact me? Right. You know, uh, Right, I've been this going through this back and forth thing of starting my own until I say, you know what? I don't know how long I can work for others. <laughs> so um, I'm starting I'm starting my plight now. Um, just filled out some paperwork for LLC. So uh, I am just. I'm not able to demonstrate or to what kids would say, flex my 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 skills of freedom or whatever. I'm not able to do that working for somebody else as much, you know. Right. So it's it's just get the skills, build your skill set up, and that's what I've been focusing on to to pour it into my own. Oh, that's so good to hear. I've spoken to a couple of other people who felt the same way. My cousin. He works for himself now in Florida. And who else? Um, Two other people started working in diversity, equity, and inclusion at their companies. But yeah, a lot of people express the same feelings. It's time for us to talk about racism at work, basically, like you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know what? Some people, I don't know, they choose to, to not see it or acknowledge it. Because I get it, I understand. You have a family you have to take care of and you wanna keep it at bay so you can get a salary to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, but what's the point of knowing knowing what God can do and you don't really believe it? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'm, I have, I'm asking God to help me with the patience and the, some self-doubts and things like that. Um, I know it's going to happen. I know it is. I just have to be in constant prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. 
Oh, mm-hmm. and the last question. Is there anyone who would you, you would like to memorialize who may have lost their life oh. during the pandemic? Uh, no, like I said, personally, I have not personally mm-hmm. lost anyone during the pandemic. Um, not, not really, you know, I just knew of them. Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's really inspiring to hear you talk. And and I'm glad you brought up like the great resignation and life changes because that's a lot of that is we've experienced. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's ongoing, but hopefully we'll see some kind of uh, point where things will level out a little little more. You know, we, we just have to be vigilant and continue our walk as we, we do as Black people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just be true to yourself. Right. Yeah. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for choosing me for the interview. I appreciate your time and I'll be in touch. Um, okay. I'll start sending contacting museums and hopefully soon one will accept it. And I look forward to an event. I don't know if it will be in a year where we can all meet up in real life and process. But Absolutely. I'll be in touch. Yeah, are you in New York, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there in a minute. So I, it's time. <laughs> yeah, and I've never been to St. Louis. I heard it's great. I had a friend who used to live there. And they loved it. Okay, yeah. Um, St. Louis, been here, like I said, all my life. I love St. Louis. You know, had I thought about leaving St. Louis? Yeah, I had. I almost uh, relocated to D.C. Uh, for a job, but the job was not salary was not paying enough for me to to live there so yeah mm-hmm. I love DC absolutely love DC yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh. well, so it was thank a pleasure. You. all right I so you, your time thank you so you enjoy the rest of your day Sonia you have a good day bye right. bye Thank you for listening to my conversation on this episode of Black America and COVID, an oral history project. If you enjoyed the episode, then please give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. The more five stars the podcast has, the more visible it is, the more access I have to people who would like to share their story living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are a Black American and you would like to share your experience with me, then email me at soniakilabrew at gmail.com. The email is in the show notes of the podcast. Or direct message me through my Instagram account, Black America and COVID, all one word, all lowercase. If you are a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize the life of a Black American sadly lost, during the COVID-19 pandemic, then email me as well. This episode was written, produced, and audio engineered by me, Sonia Jean Kilbrew, podcast host and executive producer. Thanks for listening to my oral history project, Black America and COVID.